0: Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, out it's touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr., to he did. Hello everyone, welcome back to Road of biz Overtime on Road of biz Radio, brought to you by the Action Network and Blue Wire. My name's Colin Kelly, you can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, joined once again by Sean Siegel. Sean, a, a really enjoyable show uh, earlier this week, uh, coming out on Tuesday, for any of the listeners that haven't heard it, I would highly recommend come back and checking it out. We talked through the first round in Superflex formats, and looking at some of the quarterbacks in particular in that there, and some interesting uh, takeaways in it. On today's show, we're going to look a little bit about the second round of uh, the, the piece we talked about between yourself and sam wallace looking through those opening two rounds and then later in the show we're going to do some um uh, listener questions as well to finish things off um sean um i mentioned it to you behind the scenes and um for anyone following along on twitter they've probably seen myself and dave Cabin and Curtis patrick uh, <laughs> debating uh some of them, um, recording equipment over the last couple of weeks but uh made the leap this week dave said he was going to if it was the last thing he did, he was going to make sure that I I made the move and uh, bought a, a new. It's a new piece of podcasting equipment that we're going to use, and looking forward to seeing how the guys implemented into their recordings. But myself and Sean, hopefully over the next couple of weeks, um, we'll we'll be implementing it into ours as well. So it should be fun. Lots of lots of behind the scenes stuff going on. For I mentioned on the show earlier this week draft content and. Um, of course, we'll have the, all the off-season content coming up as well. So it's going to be a fun off-season here at Rotoviz Radio, and uh, looking forward to bringing all that content to the listeners. So, Sean, some some people tend to tail off as we get to this stage of the year, but uh, the plan is to to keep that content rolling throughout the off-season.
1: Yeah, and I think this is the most exciting time of the year. I mean, we have the NFL playoffs going on as we move to the AFC, the NFC Championship game, and then the Super Bowl. A lot of enthusiasm for that but as the regular season wraps up as the real season the reality season wraps up we get in the situation where now we enter some of the most fun time periods for fantasy football we have the draft content we have the prospect content we have uh, the rookie draft content and with that comes dynasty content of all Stripes. And we're looking this week at some Superflex Dynasty startup information. If you don't play Superflex, all you have to do is strip the quarterbacks out. The information for the rest of the players works very well for you there. But Superflex gives you a chance to create a league that is a little bit more balanced for the owners. I think that's the way to play it because if we're in a normal format here, then the owners who get to start with a Christian McCaffrey, with an Alvin Kamara, they have this huge advantage. At the same time, in Superflex, we were discussing on the show last week, or last Tuesday, that they dropped to 6th and 7th overall. And Colum, you didn't think they should even go at that point. To have quarterbacks in play and to have that balance out your first couple of rounds really creates a much deeper environment for owners. And it adds a lot more to the tactics, right? You have a lot more different ways that you can structure your team we'd like to focus on that. We think there are a lot of exploitable opportunities with team structure. And that's one of the things that we're going to be talking about in this Dynasty Superflex startup draft that I'm participating in with Sam Wallace. It's a fun exercise where we each have six teams, we're alternating picks, and we're not just drafting the best guys. We're also trying to make sure that we have a good team. Now, most of the time, you want the best player available. That's even more true in Dynasty than it is in your regular formats. But we have to make sure that we have the positions covered. We have to make sure that we're going into 2021, even though this is a fake draft, with teams that have a thesis for either competing or being ready to compete very shortly. And I think that makes it more fun than just putting out these dynasty rankings. So Sam Wallace, a great follow on Twitter if you're not already doing that he's one of our young star writers we're having a lot of fun with the things that he's doing and it's been a blast for me to draft against sam here so we're going to look at round two today and i had the second pick in the first round as that wraps back around that means that i have the 112 the 201 the first pick in round two i finished round one by picking joe burrow and russell wilson the big time quarterback who is still available At the turn here, you could go Burrow Wilson. I decided to go with Jonathan Taylor, who has been kind of the guy that we promoted all of last season, looked at him as being a generational type talent. He scored a 100 in the running back prospect lab. He had a good start to the season there with Marlon Mack, unfortunately going down, went through a little bit of a lull in the middle, but then exploded down the stretch, including that, 250 yard two touchdown game to finish off the regular season column i decided to go running back here to balance out the positions a little bit and to take the young guy even though he's not going to last maybe as long as russell wilson does even though wilson is much much older the thing that cm points out here when he does pick wilson with the next pick and says that uh, after he took Barkley with the 111, he figured either Burrow or Wilson would make it back to him and that he preferred Wilson. He points out here something that I have from my recent piece where Wilson's 4.0 passing fantasy points over expectation per game trails only Patrick Mahomes. when We look at this last six year time period, but then he also points out pulling up the game splits app that Weeks one through nine, 32 points per game for Russell Wilson. The rest of the season, only 19 points per game. That's a little bit of a concern. I think that Wilson is too good to sit down at that 19 point per game range. Obviously we're going to start to bounce back to an extent, but the whispers and they're not really whispers. I mean, they're uh, shouting this at the top of their lungs. The, The rhetoric coming out of seattle is that they want to try and figure out a way to run the ball even more Uh, there are ways in which this can work out for russell wilson you know with the play action passing with the defense you know focusing on the run with him getting back to these deep throws one of the things that i talked about as well is that over that second half of the season not only was he passing a little bit less but his passes weren't nearly as deep the defenses were figuring out how to take away tyler lockett to take away dk metcalf on those long bombs that he's so famous for I think that that's going to all work out in 2021 but for anyone who is a Russell Wilson owner who saw how the first half of the season went for them to come out and say look you know we think we've got to go back to a less efficient way of playing as opposed to okay we need to make sure that we are staying ahead of the defenses that we're as a coaching staff able to adjust to what the defense is doing and to keep Uh, being able to attack to keep doing the things that we do well that we're not just going to capitulate and let the defense take that away for them to not say that to instead say okay well we're going to run the ball into the line even though you know we don't have this kind of offensive line that can create you know Derrick Henry sized holes you know for me that was kind of the tiebreaker that let me take the guy I sort of wanted to take anyway in Jonathan Taylor
0: yeah and I I agree with you you know my concern I've mentioned this loads of times with uh, Seattle has always been that they'll revert to what we kind of expected them to be over the last couple of seasons um it tends to fall back into that same situation you know every <laughs> every season the the turnaround from the the first kind of eight games to the last eight games this season was startling and i think what we've kind of seen is there is a ceiling obviously like we see you know josh allen uh we talked about those first round players like say the likes of josh allen um kyler murray who are hitting potential 40 point and above games on a kind of semi-consistent bases. um and we see the upside for those guys we see wilson even in those four state games uh this season he was averaging 32.19 points per game and the real top end i think is going to be capped a little bit for him and unless the seahawks are playing like this great game of uh reverse psychology or they're they're trying to they're trying to fool everybody by coming out with a an extreme passing game next season but um i i just think that plus the aids category uh, those other guys that we're talking about on the, the show on tuesday are clearly um the options to go for and i think jonathan taylor is the right choice to go for there and um, when we look at this route in particular there's a lot of exciting players uh, both at wide receiver uh, and running back uh, going to be mentioned um, on today's show but when we look at the way the season started i don't know if i've ever seen a rookie running back kind of go from halfway through the season like seeming like it just wasn't going to work for him in the NFL to at the end of the season just tearing the league apart um like we talked about him Sean all last offseason uh the dream would have been for him to land uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs um that didn't happen um you mentioned the Marlon Mack injury Mack probably not going to be back next season for the Colts we'll see what happens there uh, probably going to be a quarterback change which might see them lean a little bit more uh, on uh, the running back but when we look at what he did like it was really from week 11 on that he could trust into the action week 10 was probably the low point with seven carries for 12 yards uh against the the titans and um, after that then things really ramped up uh f- from basically starting against the packers with the 22 carries now he didn't uh really blow things out of the water there but it was his high high point at that uh, stage out outside a week two and carries but as it went on then we seen him creep closer to the, the 100 yard marker on a consistent basis um, 150 yards then and two touchdowns in uh, week 14 followed by a uh, 83 yards a touchdown 74 yards and two touchdowns and then obviously you mentioned that game 253 yards and two touchdowns and um, the playoffs obviously they fell short against the buffalo bills but still 78 yards and a touchdown from there so things really did pick up dramatically uh, down the stretch and um, for him uh, and looking heading into this season you know I didn't want to say it on the show earlier this this week but I would be tempted to be slotting him in there ahead of some of those running back options outside of Christian McCaffrey um you know heading into the season we talked about how high we were on him last off season maybe how the season started has tempered our expectations but there's still so much upside to be to be found with and taylor moving forward so excited to see what he does but i think that's a very fair spot uh, to be taking him there and particularly if you're in super flex you could possibly get um you know a joe burrow at the uh, 112 and then move on to taylor and taylor start with a really young core for your dynasty team next up sean Justin Jefferson who as, as rookie campaigns go we've talked about him a couple of times I don't know if we really need to talk about him in today's show uh but he he was just phenomenal um you know so much so much upside there as well from him um uh, Tyreek Hill next to 204 and then Stefan Diggs at 205 and our guy AJ Brown at 206. So it's going to be a, a little bit of um, trying to decipher here. In terms of where those guys are going, I'm pretty sure you're going to be happy to get pretty much any of them on your roster. Um, I would probably be going with, uh, as we talked about on the, the previous show, Jefferson, then Brown, then probably Diggs and then Hill. Um, what was your thought process and your picks in this, in this scenario?
1: Yeah, with the 203, I wanted to get Jefferson there. His rookie season simply too good to ignore. Uh, To give a little bit of a plug for one of our recent pieces, Blair Andrews, many listeners know him as the author of The Wrong Read. It's a series of analytics pieces that he does for the site. I think it's the best series on the internet. Uh, I, however, am biased, but if you (laughs) haven't read his most recent piece it's it's awesome right and it discusses how you go about doing prospect analysis not just in terms of the things that are important but some of the the theory behind it Blair was all over Justin Jefferson last season, wrote about how Jefferson was the one guy who checked all the boxes. His newest wrong read discusses you know, why that is important and how we can find the next Jeff- Justin Jefferson. So if you didn't have Jefferson, or if you did, and you want to have the next one, and you're thinking, okay, I don't have a top two or three pick in this year's rookie draft, and maybe there's a guy out there anyway who can, a year from now, be someone I would have wanted to take with the 101, then I recommend checking that piece out on the site anything that Blair does is well worth the read but you'll want to uh, read this one about Jefferson and how we go through the process of getting to where you know he is the guy in terms of these picks Sam had Hill with the 204 he says he likes him as the dynasty wide receiver one it's very hard to argue with there Hill's Raw numbers are great. His peripherals are very good. You know he's set there with Patrick Mahomes. The two of five, I picked Diggs. We discussed on the show last week. We had this debate about the top four or five a dynasty wide receivers. That for me is a, is a coin flip between Diggs and AJ Brown. I went Diggs in this draft. <sighs> Column, before we go to the break, let me. I want to. You made a sort of a provocative statement in, in the last section there and said that you might consider taylor above even some of the first round guys Uh, throw out a bold prediction for us Uh, just to recap we had dalvin cook going at 109 saquon barkley going at 111 Uh, which one of those guys are you taking brown over i mean taking taylor over
0: i think i would uh take him over barkley certainly um my rankings if i was doing i've I have, i've have a lot of concerns over what's going to happen with the saints and alvin kamara we've seen how as a usage
1: so you're going to go even you're going to go even higher for me on this you're going to take jonathan taylor as the running back two
0: yeah i would have, i would have strong strong suggestions of putting him at the running back two heading into this season i just think the upside's so high i think like this season for alvin kamara it's gonna be hard to beat those 21 total touchdowns that he had he had 1700 scrimmage yards you know I have huge concerns around the, the quarterback change um, if Breeze does go, whether that's Winston or um, whether it's Taysom Hill, we'll see what happens. But I, that, I think it's probably going to be a reach for most people, but I think based on like where we would have had him, he had a started the season and just been consistent throughout rather than blowing things out of the water in the second half. I think we wouldn't have as many doubts, and I think based on his age, we would have pushed him up higher. So that's why I would certainly be putting him ahead of Saquon coming off the injury um, and then... Uh, I think that, you know, based on his age and based on the the other guys' age in terms of like Dalvin Cook, I think like those guys had high watermark seasons this year and I I think that it's going to be hard for them to repeat that back to back. Listen, folks, the Super Bowl is coming up, and sure, we'll all be watching the game. But the best way to celebrate the biggest day in football is to bet on the game. And we want to let you know about a great resource for sports bettors. It is the Action Network. The Action Network is where sports fans go to bet smarter and to experience real financial gains. In fact, their Action Network app was recently named the best app in sports betting. And the Action Network Pro subscription, you can unlock the very best of the app. When you sign up for the action network pro subscription you can access the pro report which includes expert projections for every game across all professional leagues you can see money and bet percentages on every game so you can see the team's professional gamblers are betting on you can take advantage of pro systems which match winning historical betting trends with the latest games and lines and you can track every bet you make and get alerts in real time So if you're looking to bet smarter, an Action Network Pro subscription is the best way to get started. And as a limited time, our listeners receive a 50% discount off an annual pro subscription. Just go to actionnetwork.com now and receive 50% off an annual subscription when you use the code rotoviz. This offer won't last long, so go to actionnetwork.com to sign up for a pro subscription and use the promo code rotoviz to receive 50% off and start betting smarter today. So Sean, we move in. Did I know? I know there's a lot of players that we've talked about on recent shows. So maybe you know, maybe the listeners want to hear more about those guys. But maybe we'll we'll bypass them for some of the guys we haven't touched on as much. And when we go through the the next couple of wide receivers here on the list, we have CD Lamb, we have DK Metcalf at the two hundred eight, we have T Higgins at the two hundred nine, Devontae Adams at the two ten, Brant Iowick at the two eleven, and then George Kittle writing things up uh, at the tight end position. Then at two twelve, um, I think when we look through it, like. I I don't know if I can say much more about Ayuk and, and Higgins uh, from what like Ayuk, just as somebody who I'm unbelievably impressed by, is an actual NFL player um, and as what his production was then heading over to fantasy. Uh, but I think CD Lamb is the guy on this list who, if we didn't have the injury to Dak Prescott and we kind of hyped up the receiving core, we talked about uh, Dak Prescott's position on this list um, earlier in the week, cd lamb i think he would be going dramatically higher if Dak prescott hadn't uh, got injured this year i think there's just so much upside heading into the rookie campaign it was basically him or jerry judy the situation looked better for lamb in terms of his landing spot and um you know he proved how productive he could be in those early weeks and he had his glimpses then throughout the season but would you agree that if prescott remained healthy for the season we'd probably be looking at the lamb uh you know five or six spots higher on this list
1: perhaps i don't know how much higher he can realistically go now he did go five slots after justin jefferson in this big wide receiver run that we're having but you know does he go above brown probably does he go above Diggs and hill it gets a little bit more difficult there although i'm sure still there are plenty of people even after this amazing antonio brown like season who are stefan Diggs skeptics but lamb the other guy when we're looking at justin jefferson week by week we were sort of keeping you updated on where he stood Relative to history, Lamb, until we got fairly late, was in that same sort of trajectory. His beginning of the season with Prescott was so strong that even after they had the quarterback difficulties there, he was hanging on for a while. One of the things that was a big encouragement, I think, is that there were concerns that he would get squeezed out by having Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup in that same receiving core. And cooper played well early gallup had the big game late we know that those guys really can uh, be weapons and big time stars in their own right especially cooper and yet lamb immediately was able to carve out his targets and his target share there so i think as you make that next step you've got to be very excited about him i know in terms of uh trade discussions with davis maddock that you know he thinks that you know he is the next uh, DeAndre Hopkins so if you're getting that kind of player at this age then you know again you have this foundation piece and in this offense particularly you could see them being in shootouts week after week after week and needing to chase those huge huge scores Lamb came in to the NFL I think is the clear-cut top prospect now you know we just discussed how Justin Jefferson checked all the boxes but with Lamb you had a guy who was number one in terms of travis may's adjusted production index something that looks at both yards per team attempt and market share to kind of combine those two metrics which are sort of the two areas that people have found to be very predictive in terms of how a receiver can beat draft position and lamb already being drafted there in that first round range He's the guy, even though he doesn't have sort of the A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf type of physique where he's this Julio Jones overpowering type of player, again, more in that Devontae Adams, uh, DeAndre Hopkins type of range, and those two guys have demonstrated how extraordinary wide receivers like that can be, and so I like Lamb here. We had discussed again and debated where Metcalf went and had him a little bit higher a week ago, but lamb is a guy where i think there's almost no risk and a ton of upside when you're looking at someone who has so many things in their favor now if the Dallas offense runs into some trouble, we know that they have maybe some organizational things going on that are not perfect there as well. There is that potential for Prescott to run into some setbacks in his recovery. If those things happen, then maybe you're looking at 2021 as also being a little bit of a loss season. And so if you have that rookie campaign where the second half of his rookie season, he wasn't that playable if you have a frustrating year too and you contrast him to some of these other guys like a Jefferson like a Higgins like an Ayuk you know maybe there's some disappointment there compared to what you thought maybe you were going to get but I think the long term here you're looking at someone who Lamb and Jefferson are likely to be the guy who you know five years from now we're talking about being in the middle of the first round and and If anything, you could still make some arguments that Lamb is a little bit safer in terms of being up there.
0: Yeah. And I think the one thing I would say, and we've kind of been touching on it kind of a little bit, but not directly uh, on recent shows is this um, rookie class in terms of what they've done and the second year class um, have just been phenomenal like there's a real influx of wide receiver youth in terms of like the likes of jefferson aj brown cd lamb dk metcalf t higgins you know Ayuk all making this list and there's guys then that aren't even going to be talked about in today's show that are just so talented and those opening kind of three or four rounds are so much different uh wide receiver talent to, to get and i think that's where when we link it in with what we talked about um on on the show on tuesday is if you get one of those kind of first five picks and get that core uh quarterback position piece and then like similar to what we'll be looking into in or RB and our season-long drafts um you know you can start to plug in those young uh and even uh, some of the veteran wide receivers to to really fill that team out and give yourself a real strong core and um, the other part john you kind of mentioned it there as well like lamb wasn't one of the players we really touched on on the, the recent shows when we were ranking some of those young uh, players but I think that the one thing I think suppressing his value is the just the, the upside was capped based on the, the quarterback injury to to uh, Dak Prescott so I think we could see real big things there and similar T Higgins is on the list at the 2.09 you know his season while it still continued to be impressive after uh, the Borough injury it, it wasn't you know, able to continue at the same pace. So, um, interesting there. Any of the other players, Sean? As we get ready to answer the listener questions, that you want to to mention, um, through through the back half of that second round.
1: I think that this was a, a fun second round and an interesting second round. We know that with eight quarterbacks going in round one, and with the four sort of the big four at running back going in round one, well, that left wide receivers completely boxed out of that initial stanza and for Rotoviz listeners especially it was probably disappointing to see sam and me go through this exercise where we didn't take a wide receiver in round one but round two really bounces back we have taylor and wilson start round two but then we had nine consecutive wide receivers and for me personally i don't think there was really any even a possible option at running back that that wouldn't have been a reach and yes i think that tactically there is maybe a potential for quarterbacks to go in there we actually went a long long stretch then through round three where there were no quarterbacks and so this is really the the time period and the area where you become what you want to be as a roster by making sure that you get those wide receivers so round three also very wide receiver heavy and the tight ends starting to go in there this is how i would want the draft to set up if we're going to build that foundation and we're going to have the structure that we need in order to have a dynasty to not be packing in too many players from positions early where you're going to see that big decrease in trade value so this is what i like to see i, I really liked what sam did it, it was interesting i think to see him take hill to see him take Devonte adams those are guys we really like i think Calling their players that you're even a little bit higher on than I am. Did you have any comments on the order of Higgins, Adams, and Ayuk? You mentioned that you love Ayuk there, but Devontae Adams is your Green Bay Packers guy. Would you have been tempted to take him ahead of Higgins, maybe take him ahead of Metcalf?
0: This is where the conversation gets into, like, right now versus two years down the line depending on roster construction and for me personally I like to try and go for a league from the start so if I was on a, a startup now I like to have kind of a blend off the the veterans and the rookies but Adams is at that age now where it probably is I hope it's longer, but probably maximum two more years with Rodgers and Green Bay. And that would lead to question marks then around um, the quarterback play that he is going to be with. Although I think Adams probably is maybe almost quarterback proof. But I think Ayuk's question mark is around who... Is the quarterback in San Francisco and what happens there? I think just what he's showing and his ability as a runner and um you know basically yards after the catch, running the ball and <laughs> receiving and contested catches. Um, you know I think there's huge huge upside between him and T Higgins. It would be pretty close. I've really liked Higgins and what he showed, but I just think there's more facets to Ayuk's game in terms of the rushing ability as well to add in there. Um, so I probably would flip those two guys around but again like you mentioned earlier with the the decision between like Diggs and brown they are uh coin flips uh you know depending on if i had if i had drafted t higgins and uh, a couple of leagues i could be tempted then just to, to balance it out with Ayuk and vice versa so there's a lot of a lot of kind of other factors will go in there but i think any of these guys um in this round are of huge huge interest and the one thing sean that you mentioned is the way that obviously the draft went and some of the readers or the listeners might have been a little bit disappointed there wasn't any wide receivers in that first round but what i would say is if you're drafting in a startup with other players there's a very high chance that you're going to see in this second round a number of running backs pop up in there like you know, there's only one running back in here, and it's Jonathan Taylor, um, and that's going to mean that some of these guys can be falling into that third round for you. So, if you're in a draft where hopefully there's some of those running backs going in that second round, pushing these guys down to in round three, there's a possibility that you mightn't even have to choose between one or the other. You might end up with both on the roster. So, that would be uh, the dream situation for me. I'm, I'm assuming, Sean, that's the the dream situation for you as well.
1: Yeah, and if you could end up with the sort of the overall top couple of picks if you're in that area to get a patrick mahomes to get a kyler murray and then can come back around and get higgins and Ayuk wrapping into rounds two and three that would definitely be the dream scenario colin we have some questions here about both startup drafts and rookie drafts uh what are the listeners looking for and and how does this relate to the exercise that we just did
0: yeah, so it, it fitted in perfectly. We always look for those questions and sometimes I'm better than others at looking for a tweet to, to get those questions. Sometimes the questions come in off the back of the show. So uh, as always, you can send those questions and We try to fit them into the topics as best as we can. And. Uh, Pietoro had a question in terms of an upcoming rookie draft for his 16-team dynasty league, uh, a bit different to to our league here uh, that we're talking about, but it's a one-quarterback league, uh, six points for passing touchdown. He was saying, "How early do we think Lawrence and Fields should be taken in that?" So, the tricky part in this is obviously we're talking here um, about. Uh, super flex and then we're going back to um just standard standard format so when we're looking at a rookie draft sean and, and standard wh- where do you prioritize the quarterback position um you know is it something that drops them down dramatically usually you'll see the top end quarterbacks go maybe spot four spot five and then uh, towards the back of the first round for the rest Where and those those startups uh, if you're if you're in super flex they're probably going to go you know in that first second third range depending on the, the other talent available obviously last year was a little bit different with with Jonathan Taylor and uh, Edward Lair there as well
1: uh, this is such a qu- tricky question when you get to 16 team because it is going to depend quite a bit on the quarterback situation for those teams who are in the first five or six picks 16 team is going to be quite a bit different than 12 team because you do very quickly then get into a situation where you can very easily not have quarterbacks i'm in a pretty cool uh, 14 team uh, league right now with debbie where you know if you get locked out of the quarterback position you're going to have to pay a lot in a trade and anytime you end up having to chase these quarterback points these quarterback situations then your overall roster takes a hit and in a situation now where we have so much potential for quarterback turnover in those players in the Say 15 to 32 range. We have a lot of teams who could get, uh, who could have a different quarterback and could have a quarterback situation that we really can't project right now. I think there are going to be a lot of people who are hurt by this. It's going to also tie in with. The next question that we have, and so I want to kind of bring this up right now, this really cool article that Dave Cabin has put up for the site about how the quarterback position is changing, and this is what you need to do to exploit it in Dynasty Uh, 2020, the highest scoring year for quarterbacks in league history. You have the highest quarterback one scoring from rushing points, but you also have the highest quarterback one scoring from the passing perspective. So you have the passing numbers jumping to an all-time high. You have the rushing numbers jumping to an all-time high from this quarterback one tier. And that means you're getting a bigger gap from these top guys to the rest of the field. So one of the cool stats that Dave has in here, he goes through from 2012 to 2020 and looks at the difference in scoring from QB one through six versus QB 13 through 18. Right. And, The gap in 2020 was 7.9 points. So essentially an eight-point gap between these top six guys and what you would look at as your options if you get outside the QB1 tier completely. So QB13 to 18. It's the biggest gap that we've had. There was a big gap in 2012, but then... Through the rest of that time period, the gap was more or less four or five points. We jump up to eight points. We're talking about the difference between, say, the that top running back tier and guys we're less interested in, like you know, a Josh Jacobs and those types of players. And so when you think about the gap in those terms, it allows you to really understand just how desperate it is to get those top QBs. So I'm gonna assume that some of the one of the problems that you have, and one of the problems with making this assumption, is that the teams that end up with the top four or five picks, they may have a variety of issues. They may, even if they have the quarterback situation taken care of, they are really hurting running back wide receiver. That's why I think you have to look at those guys. The question here also relates to where a, an owner might need to target to get players like Waddle and Moore. You know, is it safe to go for the 106-107 instead of the 104-105? I'm not sure that we're quite there yet to being able to tell, but I, I think I would look for the guys a little bit later. The 104-105, though, if you can get them for a trade that you're comfortable with, I mean, those are going to be very, very valuable picks. So I don't think that you can go wrong there. I do think that at least one of the two quarterbacks is, In a 16 team league is going to go fairly high if it were a 12 team league we'd probably still be looking at these guys as turn types of quarterbacks no we don't have the turn in rookie drafts but guys at the end of round one beginning of round two types of players in a 16 team league i think they're going to float up a little bit push them down so i think you can probably be a little bit more conservative in terms of who you're looking for in that trade but it's an interesting discussion and I think it lends itself back to this superflex discussion, where column our next question comes from.
0: Yeah, Nathan uh, Coleman had in the question. He's in uh, a twenty-four. 24- uh, team copy super flex tight end premium best dynasty startup so uh, a lot of different factors to focus into this one as well but sounds like uh, a lot of fun um overall i i don't know sean i know I'm, i assume you've played in a couple of different copy leagues and you're involved in them i i find them a lot of fun but uh keeping track uh, i guess this one's a bit easier in terms of uh, best ball but keeping track of who owns which player? Uh, played in a few of Scott Fish's <laughs> contests with you know four to five copies, and uh, can get quite confusing as to who has which copy of which player.
1: Yeah, I haven't, but I but there's I've played in some formats that are that are fairly close, and it, it certainly seems like a lot of fun. I, I think that the the quarterback thirst as he terms that is going to be there i think it's going to be a more likely trend for those reasons that dave articulated you see those eight quarterbacks come off the board in round one of our exercise here russell wilson coming off the board very shortly after that and then there's a, a huge gap down to the next guy and so what i see happening and what i think will happen is that everyone is going to understand that if you want to have a foundation piece you're going to have to take that guy this year in round one and then maybe you're going to wait for a long time the tricky part is that one of the ways in which some savvy super flex owners have gotten a pretty good advantage over the last several years is actually to be able to start quarterback quarterback and then maybe you have to be a little bit patient in year one because your running back and wide receiver positions are not quite as strong but once you have that foundation and you can build through it You see the really experienced superflex drafters uh, start to really gap the field when you get into year three or four. You are looking at their their roster and thinking, "Well, how do they have all of those guys?" Well, they started with good quarterbacks, and then they were free to build the rest of the team out. They didn't consistently year after year have to chase quarterback production. It seems like you are taking kind of a taking the cheap way out originally seems like you're saving a lot of money or saving a lot in terms of your draft picks and what you have to spend but as you continue to churn those guys the savings goes into uh, just this bucket with a hole in the bottom of it and it turns out not to be savings at all once you get a little bit deeper it'll be interesting to see how the real sort of quarterback acquirers a deal with a trend this year because I do think that almost all of the guys you want are going to go in round one.
0: Yeah, and I would agree with that. And I think the the biggest change is going to be he asks kind of how you know we can take advantage of that. I think the advantage is to get one of those guys in the first round that we kind of talked about on the show earlier this week. And then the advantage is to not chase after that. So if you take somebody at spot four, um, you know, let's say you take Josh Allen at four or five The key is then when it comes back around in the second round hopefully there's going to be some of that wide receiver talent for example pushed down to you at that spot and people have probably overreached to have 10 uh, quarterbacks go in that first round so it might give you an opportunity then to know to strengthen those other positions and and have the advantage there and I think Sean's point is is excellent in terms of you might think that waiting on one of those lower cost uh, quarterbacks is the way to go in year one but you know there is a it's a free and experience sean when you're in a draft a rookie draft and you have two or three really high-end quarterbacks and if you want then you can you know make that call like with josh allen for example his rookie season there wasn't a huge amount of people excited about him and like there was some drafts then that i had quarterbacks and i didn't really need to go for quarterback but he was just falling so far you're able to pick him up and then have him on those rosters and that happened in quite a few leagues and similar this year with uh, Jalen Hurts you know wasn't big uh, excitement around him and sometimes it's like you know that thing the Ritz the keep getting richer where you don't have to over force your hand to try and pick up those talented uh, you know rookie picks or you know diving and trying year after year to use your first round rookie pick on a on a quarterback in a, in a league like that so it can really set you up for the long-term success. So a very, very good point made there by Sean. I would highly recommend uh, putting a lot of thought into that if you're in any uh, rookie drafts uh, or startup drafts this season. Uh, Sean mentioned as well, Dave's piece uh, is up on the website. Very, very good kind of companion piece to the the two rounds that we talked about, particularly uh, the round that we talked about on Tuesday's show. And um, We'll obviously be coming back to you next week, but Sean, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't end the show with our uh, NFC and AFC conference picks for uh, the Super Bowl uh, come come a couple of weeks down the line, and I'm going to have to go with the hometown decision. Uh, I I would much rather play Drew Brees in the cold than Tom Brady, but I, I think that um, the Packers should have enough to edge out um, edge out the Buccaneers. I think there's going to be some revenge served up uh, this week in Green Bay, and uh, we'll see what happens with Patrick Mahomes. Um, hopefully all things will be good for him to play come sunday um i think that they'll just about edge the um the bills i think the the key is just the amount of weapons that the the chiefs have and obviously home field advantage as well so i think the uh the overtime the overtime dream super bowl comes to fruition Um, What what's your picks this coming week it worked for me well last week when you when you picked the rams against the packers so you supporting the bucks this week
1: well, I, I just said that the Rams were going to give them uh, <laughs> some trouble and definitely not come through and win that game. You were right on the Bucks versus the Saints, so I, I got that one incorrect, and, and, they, and the Bucs did get their revenge. I agree. I think that you're going to see the Packers do the same thing, get their revenge on the Buccaneers, the one game this season where they really did get hammered. I think they turned that around. Aaron Rodgers is not the MVP for me. I'm going to pick Patrick Mahomes again for that, but there's no question that Aaron Rodgers has been absolutely spectacular. And if anything, his performance against that Rams defense this last week was maybe the most impressive game of the season he is in complete command of that offense i think they'll move up and down the field they'll use those peripheral receivers they'll use all of those running backs and score a huge number of points on the buccaneers i think they win that one very convincingly the shootout game and and perhaps the most fun game that we're going to see this season will be the afc championship i expect the chiefs to come through as they have so many times in the last couple of years we're recording this on a tuesday we don't have great information on whether or not patrick mahomes will play we hope for his sake that he's healthy enough to do that and that makes that game the shootout and the spectacle that it deserves to be I'm also picking the Chiefs Packers Super Bowl and beyond that what we're really hoping for is that these games live up to a lot of what we saw uh, getting to this point now we had some weather games last week that weren't necessarily quite as fun but Chiefs Bills Packers Buccaneers this should be the best week of the season and I hope that these games live up to the billing I expect those four quarterbacks to come through with the types of performances that we don't get every year
0: yeah, so let's hope uh, let's hope for some good games, um, and let's hope the listeners also enjoy watching and as well. Um, as always, you can get yourself a ten percent discount to Rotoviz NFL Pass uh, right now by adding the code RV Radio twenty twenty one at checkout. We're going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. We highlight a number of different tools, a number of different. Uh, articles and so on on the two shows this week and of course uh, you get full access to all of those content and tools uh, when you sign up for a one-year subscription um, and as always we like to get that written in review if you can drop that on your favorite podcast app it will be much much appreciated get those questions in as well for next week's show you can send them to me at overtime ireland or you can send them to road radio at gmail.com and uh, with all that said and done, we'll be back next tuesday with another show and until then have a good one